United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. All right, let's talk about democracy in Libya, because that's a bit of a challenge. Joining me now, Eli Abuaun is director of Middle East and North Africa programs based in the United States, U.S. Institute of Peace regional hub in Tunisia, here to talk about Libya's possible upcoming election. Hi, Eli. Morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing? Good. How's life in Tunisia? Uh, life in Tunisia is fine. Uh, I think uh, this week uh, the president announced a roadmap which uh, released a little bit of the pressure that uh, existed before. Mm, well, that's good. Um, and, and what do you make of the uh, pros- prospect for upcoming elections in Libya? Well, it's, uh, as uh, you know, as people can easily follow, it's very likely that the elections will be postponed. Uh, I think the the collapse of the political agreement that uh, laid the ground for the elections uh, initially scheduled for the 24th of December. Uh, you know, the, the, the political agreement, as I said, collapsed and uh, the con- conditions at this stage in the short term are not conducive anymore uh, to conduct the elections. Uh, I mean, technically, the, uh, the Independent Electoral Commission uh, is ready. Uh, apparently, but uh, the, the problem is that the outcome of the election will be challenged by some parties, and this might lead to violence. So what the UN mission and the international community at large are trying to do now is to uh, generate a new political agreement, uh, or, albeit a basic one, uh, just to make sure that uh, the elections can happen without major uh, outbreak of violence. Wow. I mean, and we should put this into perspective by noting, and I believe this is true, that there's been basically no political stability in Libya since 2011 and that uh, NATO-backed uprising. Yeah, that's true. Libya didn't uh, didn't witness any period of political stability since 2011. Uh, And this is due to several factors. The first one is that uh, Libya actually never had proper institutions. Gaddafi, during his 40-year iron cast rule, uh, actually made sure to destroy every single concept of a state institution. He ran the country as an individual with his own oligarchy, uh, his own family uh, in many cases. Uh, And in 2011, uh, when the regime uh, uh, fell down, uh, the, the country was with no institution, basically. And the other thing is the... Uh, the competition between some global powers and regional powers over Libya as well is another reason why uh, it didn't really witness uh, a period of political stability. I mean, Libya has serious political problems. The, it is a divided society. It was a divided society even before, before 2011. Uh, but uh, uh, nothing was done properly to address these divisions. You know, in other places where we've seen, Ellie, for example, a strongman fall and chaos follow, after a while, the people start to get a little nostalgic for the order that their lives had, even under some sort of horrible dictator. Have you sensed that at all in the people of Libya, or are they ready for democracy? 
to, I mean, uh, both are not mutually exclusive. I think mm. uh, the, the people are disappointed not only in Libya but in many places in the region because uh, they had uh, expectations that a, a political transition or a transition to a democratic regime will automatically generate better living conditions, uh, at economic and social conditions. And I think this assumption is not uh, is not true. Uh, you know, a, by just going for a political transition doesn't mean that your economy will uh, will be better. Mm-hmm. And uh, more importantly, uh, as you know, as you can read everywhere, they, they, there is a youth bulge in the in the region, and the young generation actually is not only interested in income; they are interested in upward social mobility. And the prospects for upward social mobility in the region is completely absent. Mm. So this is what is creating this uh, high level of frustration and uh, and disappointment and leading to different kinds of reactions. Some people have nostalgia, nostalgia, as you rightly mentioned, to the previous regimes. Others are looking into a different type of regime. If you see in Tunisia, for example, now there's a very... very large constituency for a strong centralized presidential regime. Uh, irrespective of the person, but they're looking at a strong centralized uh, presidential regime. Uh, and in other places, people are like in Libya, for example, um, you know, there is also a very large constituency for some sort of a partition or co- a confederal state mm. uh, because they of... lost faith in any kind of, uh, you know, a one state uh, basically concept. Uh, it's sort of an east west thing right now in Libya, yes? East, West, and South. East, West, and South. Oh, okay. So three. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And as for daily life there, is it quieted down? Is there open warfare? What's it like for the people in in the city, for example? So it depends on the regions and on the timing. Uh, You know, in most most cities, uh, life is uh, more or less normal. I wouldn't say normal. I mean, you still have checkpoints. There are groups here and there. Uh, but people do go to their work, they do go to school, etc. cetera. Uh, but you, you run the risk of having, you know, armed clashes at any point. Like, for example, in the last few days in Sibha in the south, we've seen uh, confrontations between various armed groups uh, and tension, and obviously the, you know, the daily life is uh, disrupted. Uh, so in specific cases, you would see uh, events on the ground disrupting the daily life. But otherwise, yeah, people try to try to live as normally as possible. And uh, how's the economy and the pandemic? How is that doing in Libya? Uh, the pandemic is, uh, I mean, Libya is doing uh, not so well in, in terms of vaccination. I think it's a bit slow. Uh, so the pandemic is hitting as it's hitting other countries that have a slow vaccination rate uh, in Africa, for example. Uh, the economy is not doing well, obviously, because of the conflict. Uh, you know, Libya has a lot of natural resources and its population is not very large. Uh, but at the same time, it's been through a conflict for the last 10 years. And initially, uh, its infrastructure and its economy was not great from the very beginning. So, uh, So compared to... The, how how much resources Libya has, I think the economy is not doing very good. But it's not that they have, uh, you know, uh, hunger or whatever. I mean, they are living more or less uh, within acceptable conditions from a humanitarian perspective. Uh, but it's not, the economy is not doing very well uh, 
considering the resources that Libya has. And Ellie, what about international involvement in these possible delayed upcoming elections? Um, have other countries been uh, had a pos- positive effect on what's happening in Libya, or are they interfering in a bad way? I mean, you know, usually countries interfere only if they have an agenda. Now, mm-hmm. having an agenda is not necessarily bad. Uh, some agendas can actually... Uh, be in alignment with the interests of the Libyans uh, themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, there are countries uh, trying to manipulate the divisions in Libya uh, to advance their own political agenda. Uh, and this is why we've seen uh, you know, countries supporting the, some uh, groups in the east, others supporting groups in the west, in the south, etc. I, I don't like to get into the names because it takes it takes a lot of time to explain the nuances and what each country <laughs> is doing, etc. Mm-hmm. Indeed, uh, totally understood. But, but yes, there is definitely there is definitely um, an intervention by regional and global powers, and in some cases, th- this intervention is uh, is basically uh, disruptive. I would say. Eli Abuaun is the director of Middle East and North Africa programs based in the U.S. Institute of Peace regional hub in Tunisia. He's in D.C. this week, and I think it was pretty great of him to come on the show. Eli, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thanks. Good to talk. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.